In the latest irrelevant political news, President and venal houseplant Joe Biden did not attend this week's UN Climate Crisis Conference because he's been dead for six months and the whole climate thing is crap anyway. Making the announcement to what was either the White House press corps or a collection of animatronic pirates of the Caribbean purchased at the Disney asset fire sale, presidential spokeswoman Corrine Jean Identity Hire said, quote, Speaking as a black lesbian woman, I want to assure you that this is a president who would be fully engaged in this important issue if he were fully engaged and this were an important issue. As it is, the pressing business of pulling the rug out from under our allies in Ukraine and Israel is commanding what would be all of his attention if he were paying attention, speaking as a black lesbian woman, unquote. The press corps responded by drunkenly chasing slave girls around the deck of a burning ship and repeatedly saying, R, as usual. The late House plan's failure to show up at the UN conference was greeted with anger by climate activists and other suckers. Mentally ill Swedish girl Greta Thunberg took time off from calling for the slaughter of Jews to protest the president's irrelevant inaction in an impassioned speech delivered to a gathering of her hallucinations. Thunberg said, quote, I'm very disappointed in the president's remains. <laughs> he must address this completely invented issue quickly before it develops into a totally imaginary crisis. The world is rapidly growing hotter or colder or whatever it's supposed to be doing. And if this continues or stops or whatever it's supposed to be doing next, we will soon be forced to find some other reason to be hysterical and hand over all our freedoms to faceless international bureaucrats or any of the other magical creatures who appear when I go off my meds, unquote. The anger over the lamented president's failure to show up for the UN's urgent gathering of corrupt and sinister grifters is only one of many rifts beginning to appear in the Democrat Party. Polls now show that younger Democrats are becoming disillusioned with the administration because they feel Biden just doesn't hate Jews enough. The leader of Harvard's Young Democrat Society, Adolf Jihad, speaking at a riot hosted by the university's debate club, said, quote, We denounce the president's support of genocide because he refuses to join Hamas in their stated mission to exterminate the Jewish people. So, okay, maybe we don't exactly know what the word genocide means, but then we're Ivy Leaguers, so total ignorance has never stopped us from holding insane opinions with absolute self-certainty, unquote. Corrine Jean Identity Hire sought to reassure the Nazi Harvard group, saying, quote, Speaking as a black lesbian woman, I, I want to assure the Hitlerian half of the Democrat Party that the vocal support for Jews the president would be expressing if he were still with us will always be backed 100% by clandestine and insidious actions meant to undermine Israeli security and strengthen an Iranian nation bent on eradicating first the Jews and then the rest of us, speaking as a black lesbian woman who is speaking for a black homosexual man who is speaking to Anthony Blinken, who is secretly running the government, unquote. Some Democrats fear that the divisions in their party could lower their chances of winning the next election because Biden is now so unpopular that even the mules may cast their packets of forged votes for someone else. But the fact is the Republican Party is divided as well. Some Republicans, for instance, are intending to vote for Donald Trump, while others would prefer to shine a magic enlargement ray on Trump and blow him up to the size of Godzilla so he can crush Democrat cities beneath his enormous feet and then devour their inhabitants. Still other Republicans would like to vote for Trump first and then enlarge him so he can unleash his atomic heat ray breath and warm the planet until the rapidly decaying Biden is forced to go to the UN climate conference and stink the place up. The Republicans hope these internal conflicts about Trump will be resolved in the next debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show.
Some of you uh, who are more perceptive than other conservatives may notice that I, my voice is not what it's supposed to be. And you're probably saying to yourself, well, you know, Walsh was sick and he just didn't show up today. Why is that? And the reason is Walsh is a wuss. Uh, you know, that's why he's always talking about the transgender people. He's just like this close, you know, give him a dress and we may never see him again. But I've just felt if Patrick Mahomes can play football with the flu, uh, I can show up even though I have laryngitis and talk painfully in a painful way for the next hour. And I hope it's not too painful to listen to. Uh, this is the time, you know, I just got through Thanksgiving. I visited my grandkids. It's like visiting a leper colony. They have every <laughs> disease <laughs> in the book and I got one of them. Uh, but this is, that's no reason not to celebrate a Claveny Christmas with my book, The House of Love and Death, and my daughter's book, A Christmas Carol with a K. Uh, you'll like them both. You really will. Please, please buy them. It really helps the cause in a big way. And I'm going to be talking about the culture today and Lady Ballers. And you'll see what it, what it, what it means uh, to do things that we're not supposed to do, why it's so important. Also, while I'm choking to death here, please subscribe to YouTube. Uh, you'll get all the material we have. Uh, this week's interview will be there. It's with Eric Metaxas, one of the great guys. I love him. And uh, you can also get exclusive content, which will be uh, parachuted into your home so it looks like Hamas is attacking and nobody will pay any attention uh, instead of you're getting a conservative thing, which would drive you out of the neighborhood. Um, and uh, if you leave a comment and the comment is as vicious and angry and hateful as the people who support Hamas, why we will read it on the air, because that's what we're looking for. Today's comment is from John Hall, 8364. He says, oh my goodness, here comes a clavenless fortnight. This is right before Thanksgiving. He says the awful irony of calling it Thanksgiving when we must struggle through an extra week of no claven. It's true. It really should just be called hell or some eternal darkness or something like that. All right, let's get started. Today's episode is called Hello, Lady Ballers. Now, I want you to know, because I know the way people think, you know, I see it on the, on, on the social media, that people think there's always something going on behind the scenes. Nobody has asked me to promote Lady Ballers, and I'm not even really promoting Lady Ballers, which will come on after the first airing of this show. I want to talk about why it's important, and it's important whether you like it or not, whether you think it's good or not. It's a really important moment that The Daily Wire is releasing this. I personally got a couple of laughs. I didn't thought it was pretty good, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about why the left hates women. We'll talk about why they hate black people, why they just hate everything. So let's get started with chapter one, why we ball or why the left hates laughter. The holidays are just around the corner. The last thing you need during this busy time of year is to miss out on a great night's sleep. That's why my team uses Beam's Dream Powder and they haven't awakened since. Beam's Dream Powder contains a powerful all-natural blend of ingredients, including magnesium L-theanine. It's not just your run-of-the-mill sleep aid. It's a concoction carefully crafted to help you slip into the sweet embrace of rest without the grogginess that often accompanies other sleep remedies. Sleep is the foundation of our mental energy and physical health, you must have a consistent nighttime routine to function at your best. Today, my listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder, their best-selling hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar, now available in delicious flavors like cinnamon cocoa, chocolate peanut butter, and mint chip. Better sleep has never tasted better. Just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, stir or froth, and enjoy before bedtime. If you find yourself battling the bedtime blues, give it a shot. Your weary self 
will thank you. Try Beam's best-selling dream powder and take advantage of their biggest sale of the year. Get up to 50% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash Clavin. The discount is auto-applied at checkout. No code necessary. That's shopbeam.com slash Clavin for up to 50% off. My voice is gone, so we'll have to tell you how to spell Clavin with a song. So what happened to me is I attended the premiere of Lady Ballers this week, and there was an after party, uh, and it was a star-studded event. You know, Ben Shapiro was there, Michael Knowles. Now, well, all right, there were no stars, but it was still a lot of fun, and the music was loud. I already had a cold, and so I'm shouting over, talking to the people I want to talk to, and I just lost my voice entirely. But let's take a look at, you know what the, the story is about. This is about a team that can't uh, win, a basketball team that can't win, they decided to make a comeback by declaring that they identify as women and taking on the women's teams. And uh, here's a, a little bit of the trailer. If you can beat them. What do you know about the U.S. Opens for the Global Games? You want us to compete as women. $5,000 prizes. My lover says you were a great coach back in the day. Join them. This is the way the world is now. My eight-year-old daughter told me all about it. So a guy can become a girl with no physical changes at all. Oh, so I can be a woman on the court and a man in the bedroom. I can't believe it. Nice. You mean when you're sleeping? Yes. Coach. Alex. We, we could play, play basketball. basketball. So the film features all the Daily Wire people, Crane and Company. Are great. You know, they, they were really good, uh, the, uh, all of them. Uh, Knowles is good. Um, Jeremy had to build an entire company so he could get a part in a movie. Uh, but uh, there were actually some talented people there. Uh, and uh, here's some things that really interested me. Because I, I, even before I saw this movie, and I'm going to explain to you exactly what I mean, even before I saw it, I thought, this, this matters. This is an important thing, that they're doing a funny movie. It's a silly sports comedy like uh, Dodgeball or something like that uh, from back in the day, you know. And um, they're doing this movie, and it's important because it's a movie that no one else will do. You can tell this because the trailer comes out. It's about three minutes long, and already some lefties spend half an hour reviewing the film just after watching a three-minute trailer. So they spent 10 times as much, as long as the trailer is, reviewing a film they had never seen. It, it's not like they came out and said, oh, I, I object to this idea. They said, it's a terrible film because I watched this three-minute trailer. So I picked one out at random. It's called something like The Humanist Report. And I will say one thing in his favor. This is Cut 21. At least, at least he gave me credit because I do have a cameo in the film. So at least he mentioned me by name as Cut 21. This movie features cameos from Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro's female doppelganger, Brett Cooper, and Michael Knowles, Matt Walsh and Drag, the old guy from The Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring, the CEO of The Daily Wire, U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, and even Riley Gaines. So the old guy from The Daily <laughs> so, Wire. You know who else is old? God. That's right. That's right. So guess who you're insulting? And you never see the two of us at the same time. Think about that. All right. Here's his attack on the trailer. Cut three. This is supposedly a bold, edgy comedy that's never been attempted before because Hollywood is too afraid. So Jeremy Boring tweeted this out. Hollywood won't make a movie about how laughably absurd it is that we now allow grown men to call themselves women and then dominate women's sports. So we did. 
Except that's not true at all. Parker Molloy provided multiple examples of other movies that have attempted this. And this movie in particular is basically a transphobic ripoff of Joanna Man, which is about a professional basketball player who dresses up as a woman and joins the women's team after he gets dropped from the men's team. And it was not good at the time because once the absurdity of man pretends to be woman wears off, you kind of get bored. So you need different jokes to keep it entertaining. Okay, so the problem with the film, he says, without ever having watched the film, is that after the absurdity, the utter absurdity, the complete ridiculous absurdity of men declaring themselves to be women in order to win at sports, the jokes run out. But that's not entirely fair because there's the added joke of the face of the fact that even though this is incredibly absurd, as he himself admits, it's just an utterly absurd that a man would dress up as a woman and declare he's a woman and then win all the sports. That's just so absurd. Is people taking that seriously? So, for instance, Ted Cruz, Newsweek had a headline, Ted Cruz stars uh, in, in the picture. I'm not entirely sure he was the star. I mean, Senator Ted Cruz is always a star to us. But, uh, but still, he does have a good part. And he's really good. He plays a, a senator uh, a questioning a, a gay activist. And it's very, he does it totally, this scene totally deadpan. This is a senator questioning a gay activist in, in Congress. Is cut four. I'm asking a question. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? Most people could answer this very simply. I'm curious if you're willing to do so. Oh, absolutely. I'm just putting it into the context of the conversation that we're having. I think that there are definitions related to sex. Is that a yes? So I'm trying to get a yes or no. I'm not trying to get get a speech. Is there a difference between women and men? I think that there are definitions for biological sex. So you're not answering that. Let me ask you this question then. Why do women's sports exist? <laughs> so he's good, right? He seems really lifelike, uh, very realistic, good performance. And what's funny about it, of course, is that it's utterly deadpan that this woman cannot answer the question, is there a difference between men and women? The one true black and white binary in nature, there's the difference between men and women. Very rare that there's an absolute binary. This is an absolute binary. Even that some people are born intersex doesn't matter because some people are born with one leg, but man is still a two-legged creature. Man is still a, a creature binarily divided into men and women who can't cross over. So it's funny that the thing that makes the film funny is that we're taking it seriously. There's another film like that, another scene like that, where uh, ESPN, basically, ABC, ESPN, does an interview with a guy, this muscular, big, strong, muscular guy is pretending to be a female swimmer and winning all the events. Uh, they they call, call, her, call him Leah Thomas or something. And they, again, what's funny about it is they try to take it seriously. It's cut five. After following NCAA guidelines of a year of hormone therapy to change gender categories, Thomas started her senior year on the women's team. But her success in the water was met with outrage leading up to the NCAA championships. Her critics say she jumped in the rankings between the men's and the women's team. And there are some who look at the data and suggest that you're enjoying a competitive advantage. What do you say to that? There's a lot of factors that go into a race and how, how well you do. And the biggest change for me is that I'm happy. See, that's, that's, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's just funny stuff. He's going to ruin everybody, every other female's sporting career. All their work goes down the drain. All their competitive instincts are, are thwarted because he's this big, tall man pretending to be a girl. And he, but he's happy. He's happy. It's funny that they're taking that seriously, that they're even putting him on TV instead of out in the street where he belongs. That's just funny. Now, of course, 
I'm, I'm kidding around. Those aren't scenes from the film. Those are scenes from real life. And those are the scenes, because they're taking this absurdity, as the humanist himself says, the absurdity of a man dressing up as a woman and playing women's sports, because they're taking it seriously, it's funny. But they, because they don't want it to be funny, they cannot, they want it to be real, they can't let us laugh, right? And look, they're serious about this. They are serious. The Biden Department of Health and Human Services, which is where Richard Levine, who calls himself Rachel, is playing an admiral. That's where Richard Levine is ever since he escaped from Arkham Asylum. They're now proposing a rule that you can't have foster kids if you don't promise to affirm their gender identity. So let me explain why this film actually matters. I'm going to tell you some behind-the-scenes stuff at The Daily Wire, you know, stuff about that's gone on here, and you will understand where we're coming from. The left hates laughter because laughter calls out absurdity. That's what it's for, right? Laughter intrinsically states that there is a reality to life and a morality to life, and you can talk yourself out of those things, but then you become absurd. You become laughable. And since the left is pushing this toxic fantasy, they hate that. They hate it when we laugh at them, and they have made it. So you can't make movies like this anymore. Yeah, it's true. They made them back in the day before the left became woke, before it became utterly absurd, when they were just wrong. That was before they knew they were wrong and had to become absurd in order to back their being wrong. But you can't do it anymore. You can't make the wedding crashers because it's about seducing women at weddings. You can't make white chicks, which is about uh, cross-dressing as well. You can't make any of this. But the main point is that up till now, we have played along. When we started with the guys who who are now the Daily Wire, when we started... I made a video, and I've told this story before, it's not like a big secret, but I made a video about abortion. You can find it on YouTube. It's called The Devil at Planned Parenthood. And Jeremy and I worked very hard on this to make it look really great. And when it came out, our backers said, you can't put that out there. And they had to remove the the company name from the thing and put it out under my name alone. So it, it didn't do as well as it would have done if it had the company promoting it. Now we laugh about that today. You know, Jeremy will come in here and Caleb and, and Ben, they'll come in here and tell you. We laugh about that today because it's now the standard by which we judge other things. Is, our, is this as good as the abortion thing? We put out a book of mine called The Lefties Dictionary. You can't find it. I think they're like, three or four copies available used on Amazon, but it's out of print because they got frightened. You know, and and again, I'm not saying anything that they wouldn't admit to. I'm not saying this behind their backs. They they wanted to buy back copies because when they saw what was in the book, I made jokes about the N-word. I made jokes about, you know, women and blacks and all this stuff. They thought like, ah, let it, you know, we're going to get nailed for this, right? We're going to be destroyed. Our company is going to be destroyed. The book is now hard to find. I'm old. I'm from the 60s. I'm a radical. I'll say anything I please. But a generation came up after me that was legitimately afraid. They're legitimately afraid, and people are still afraid to say the things that they want to say. The premier, Jeremy, gave a little speech at the end of the show, and he talked about—he had told me this before. He talked about actors who call him up all the time, and they call me up too, by the way, writers and actors, and beg to be part of The Daily Wire. Put us in your next show. Put us in your next show. He showed them the script, and they said, oh, no, 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 not that, not that. Utterly absurd, supposed to be serious. People are still afraid. And, and listen, I have conservative friends in Hollywood, really conservative, a lot of them, you know, as many as there are, I know them. They sometimes call me up and diss Jeremy, and they say, well, he does this, he does that. And I say, yeah, 
but you guys won't speak up. He does. You know, he's, he's not a perfect person. I'm not a perfect person. You're not. But he's doing the thing. He's doing the thing. But everybody feels they have to suck up to the power. Why? Why is it? This has been my attitude from the start. We can't let the moral borders be set by the killers of babies. I will not take moral instruction or moral insults from people who kill babies in the womb. That's not the way it works. If you are a moral person and you object to me, I will listen to you and I will question my own actions. If you are somebody who believes in killing babies up to the moments of of birth, let alone at all, you have nothing to say to me. How did they get control of the narrative? It makes me nuts, right? It makes me nuts that anybody should tremble at the moral approbation, the moral insults of the killers of babies. How can we let our speech be limited by the sexual butchers of children? It doesn't make any sense. So when you see Lady Ballers, and I hope everybody will watch it, everybody who subscribes to The Daily Wire, I think you have to subscribe to Daily Wire Plus to get it, but you should anyway. When you see Lady Ballers, I hope you understand that things have changed. Things are changing. This is a major blow. You can watch the the show and laugh. I hope you do. I did. I laughed a bunch of times. You can watch it and hate it. You can say, oh, this isn't any good. But it's done. It is done. It's the very beginning. So the question now is why were we afraid? It was not. It was not just because they had the power. It was not just because they might cancel us. It was not just money. There was a very specific reason that conservatives were afraid. And by the end of the show, I will give you a very specific and definite answer of why that is. All right, here's some good news. Because of you, my friends over at Preborn have rescued over 44,000 babies this year alone. Right now, thousands of mothers are awaiting the birth of their precious babies, and thousands upon thousands of babies are taking their first breath. Since the beginning, Preborn's network of clinics has rescued over 280,000 babies. That's close to a miracle. For just 28 bucks, you can empower a mother to choose life by sponsoring an ultrasound. Once she sees the precious life growing inside her and hears her baby's heartbeat, she is twice as likely to choose life. Listen to this. So I was very highly influenced to go to Planned Parenthood. So when I got there, I spoke to a nurse. She told me that, well, you came here anyway, so maybe you should get the abortion. It was influencing me because I kept saying, if it doesn't have a heartbeat or if it doesn't have this, you know, just trying to justify a lot of things that shouldn't have been justified. As soon as I left the office, I started shaking and I just was like, Jay, bro, what did you do? As soon as I got home, I seen my kids and my kids said, mommy, how's the baby? And I just was like, how do you tell them like, Mommy's not having a baby no more. I was crying, I was shaking, and I'm looking through the papers like, how do I stop this? Like, what do I do? I was sobbing. It was a, a cry for prayer for God. I'm so sorry, please. So I got on the internet and I looked up, how can you stop an abortion from only taking the first pill? And I just started seeing like, abortion pill reverse, is this real? And I found a hotline number, so I'm like, if please God, let me call this number, be real. I called it and somebody actually answered the phone. Miss, I really need help. Um, I mistakenly took a pill and I'm so scared. I don't know what to do, please. I just was like panicking. 
They get me started immediately on progesterone and told me everything, like, it's gonna be okay. When I came here, I, it was the, my heart was so warm. Somebody would go as hard as if it was their children to make sure your child is gonna be alive and stay safe. So I really wanted, I want a lot of people to know it's, it's, it's possible. You can save your baby. You can reverse that abortion. And right now, through a match, your gift is doubled. Please give a generous gift that will go 100% toward life. Have your donation doubled today by dialing pound 250 and saying the keyword baby. That's pound 250, baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash Andrew. That's preborn.com slash Andrew. Chapter two, nothing like a dame or why the left hates women. All right, here's a story from the Daily Mail that is going to blow your mind. As I'm reading the story, see if you can think to yourself what's obviously wrong with the story. Why is the story obviously untrue? Reading the quote, if you envisage a prehistoric hunter, a vision of a caveman might spring to mind. But a new study claims that these cavemen paled in comparison to their female counterparts. While women have long been seen as child rearers and gatherers, and men as hunters, researchers from the University of Notre Dame, this is a major university, researchers have debunked this theory. Their study found that not only did prehistoric women engage in the practice of hunting, but their female anatomy and biology would have made them intrinsically better suited for it. Who can say why this study is obviously false? So this is the, you know, the University of Notre Dame is a real university. The chief, the lead author of the study, Dr. Kara Okobach, said rather than viewing this as a way of erasing or rewriting history, our studies are trying to correct the history that erased women from it. So these hunting women were erased. And their reasoning is that women have more endurance than men. They have hormones that give them more endurance than men, which is true because they have to give birth to children. Then men don't do anything like that. So women do have more endurance. They have better uh, pain tolerance. And, all that. and that's their argument. That's the whole thing. What's the problem? The problem is we've seen prehistoric societies. Ever since the 19th century, people, civilized people, have found societies living as they lived in prehistoric times. None of them had women hunters. <laughs> just, just doesn't happen. Of course it doesn't happen. You know, the men get together and they, you know, have uh, ways of uh, collaborating and thinking things out using tools and strength and speed that women don't have. It's ridiculous. It's just a lie. They're lying. So they want to lie about the past. They want to rewrite history and they want us to take them seriously. They don't want us to laugh at them because they're obviously lying. So they have to make it criminal to laugh at them. They have to say, if you laugh at them, you're going to be demonetized on YouTube. You're going to be thrown off, uh, you know, Twitter. I, I don't know if you've been following this. Elon Musk, the one social, has taken over Twitter, obviously now X, the one social media company that allows people to speak freely 
the one, is now being boycotted by any number of companies, including Disney, which I'm going to get to in just a minute. And if you read the stories, they all say because he approved of an anti-Semitic tweet. The one thing they don't say, what the tweet said. Because all the tweet was doing was taking out this leftist ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, for no longer being anti-defamation, defamation, but really essentially just being a leftist spokesperson. So that's why he was agreeing with it. He's obviously not anti-Semitic in any way. That's ridiculous. But every story said it's an anti-Semitic tweet, but they won't tell you what the tweet was because then you'll see the truth. So he was asked, Elon Musk was asked, how does he feel about all these sponsors, big sponsors, boycotting his company, which would make them lose money? There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. But go f*** yourself. <laughs> is that clear? I hope it is. See, see, now, you could say he can say that because he has all that money, but I, I think it's what we should all be saying all the time. You know, we can't be blackmailed, we can't be silenced, we can't be canceled. Buzz off. Obviously, it's the only way to deal with people who are talking complete absurdities. Okay. So they're lying, and you're not allowed to laugh at them, and yet this is in every show. I complain about this all the time. Women, cops, chasing down men. You know, the bad guy's running away, but the woman cop chases after him. Never happened. Never, ever, ever happened. I just saw a video. I don't have it with me, but I just saw a video of three large female cops wrestling with one guy. He gets away. He gets away. I've seen that on the street, too. It just doesn't happen. I, was, I saw the new NCIS, NCIS Sydney, had an ad, and this woman punches a guy in the jaw, pow, like that. Now, ladies, look at your hands. If Mike Tyson punches a guy barefisted in the jaw, he will hurt his fingers. Mike Tyson's fingers will hurt. If he, I mean, obviously, the guy who gets hit is going to be laid out forever. But still, Mike Tyson will hurt his fingers. Look at the way your bone structure is. Look, you know, you'll break your hand, and then the guy will beat the crap out of you. That's the truth. I, I talked about that show, uh, Silo, which was really well-written, really well-plotted, had that wonderful uh, Rebecca Ferguson very attractive Swedish actress, I think. Good actress. She's playing a guy. She's playing a guy. She uh, has emotional problems, so she takes them out. She solves them by fixing machinery. And she beats up guards, and she lifts big pieces of metal and all that. She's a guy. It's ridiculous. Every time I see it now, I turn it off. I won't watch it. I will not watch it. I will not watch a show in which a woman is not a woman. And that's what it is. You know, it's, it's so offensive to women. It is so offensive to women because women, in other words, they're telling them that you have to be like this. You have to be a man to be worthwhile, to be a hero, to be a hero. I'm, I watch, I'll watch a woman's movie. You know, I, they, I used to, when I was a kid, I would sometimes watch um, movies like, you know, uh, the Betty Davis movies. You know, they were interesting. They were good. They were for both men and women, but they sort of focused on the woman character. But the woman character was a woman character. She didn't beat people up like this. You know, I, the other day I was in the gym and I I couldn't find anything to watch, so I went back to a throwback, The Wild Wild West, which was a 60s program. You probably have, maybe not, I don't know, it was so long ago they made a movie of it. Uh, but the idea was it was James Bond in the Wild West. So he had a lot of gadgets, but and he was a spy, but he was spying on uh, people after the Civil War. And um, Suzanne Plachette, Robert Conrad was the, the main guy, James West, and Suzanne Plachette played the femme fatale, and she was an expert with a gun, and she almost shot him, and she was smart, and she was sexy. 
And then he got sick of her because he thought she was corrupt. And he went in and he roughed her up and he threw her over his shoulder and he carried her out of the room. And I thought, you know what? I've done that. That's much more likely to happen than Suzanne Plagette hitting Robert Conrad in the face and Robert Conrad spinning out, going backwards. That's, that's just, it's more, it's more real. But somehow that's not allowed because real women, what women are really like, is banned because they don't show them, they don't show their uh, positive traits so they can't show the drawbacks of being a woman. They don't show the benefits of being a woman so they can't show the drawbacks. You know the attorney, Jonathan uh, Turley, he wrote a piece about Disney. He said, Disney has reportedly lost a billion dollars just on four of its recent woke movie flops. Productions denounced by critics as pushing political agendas or storylines. Yet until now, the company has continued to roll out underperforming movies as, re- as revenue has dropped. What's more, Disney's stars persist in badmouthing its fabled storylines and undermining its new productions. The company admits that it has suffered a continued slide in impressions, viewership, by 14%. And Turley links to Disney's SEC report, which says our business our businesses create entertainment. This is Disney reporting to the SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission, saying our businesses create entertainment, travel, and consumer products whose success depends substantially on consumer tastes and preferences that change in often unpredictable ways. Further, consumers' perceptions of our position on matters of public interest, including our efforts to achieve certain of our environmental and social goals, often differ widely and present risks to our reputation and brands. These guys in video recovered by Chris Rufo said they were out to queer our children. They didn't know. I don't even think they knew that we didn't want them to do that. This is the greatest betrayal of a brand name, of what a brand name means in the history of capitalism. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. The New York Times becoming left is just a metastatic cancer. It was always left-wing, and now it's woke. The Yale becoming a trash university used to be a great university, but it was always left-wing. Now it's woke. That's a metastatic cancer. Disney was a conservative Christian brand with wholesome entertainment for children. They poisoned it with their stupid ideas. And they don't even know because they're surrounded by other people who think just like them. Today, Disney, it was announced that Disney is fighting off a takeover bid from a guy who wants to take it over and trim it down and cut it back. So it's not a big surprise to find out that Disney is making a sequel to their Maleficent picture that had Angelina Jolie. And Jolie gave a press conference and she said, I think that so often when a story is told which says this is a strong woman, she has to beat the man or she has to be like the man or she has to somehow not need the man. I think that's also an important message for young girls to find their own power, but to respect and learn from the men around them. Because she couldn't just come out and say, maybe that's crap. Elle Fanning, who plays Aurora, the Sleeping Beauty princess in it, uh, and who's also beautiful and a great actress, she went even further. Here's what she said. I think a lot of Disney films also, they... When the sequel comes, they expect the princess to then like be in armor and have a sword and fight and like, oh, that makes her strong. And Aurora's a fighter, but in a different way. I think there's a strength in her femininity and softness, and there's nothing wrong with her wanting to be a mother and, and be married. And, and like, there's a beauty in that, and that is still strong. I want you to notice a bunch of things about that. The apologetic tone. Uh, you know, good for her for saying it, but still the apologetic tone. There's nothing wrong with what... <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a mother. 
you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to get married. There's nothing wrong with being soft. <laughs> what the hell are they talking about? Why do they have to say that? Well, they have to say that because the press surrounds them and makes them think that they represent more people than they actually do. But she keeps talking about, and they always do this, you can be strong in a different way. It never occurs to them to just take the word strong and throw it out the, the window. Throw it out the window. Stop being strong. You know, you don't have to be strong. Now, I understand women are strong in many ways, in different ways than men. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not denying that. I'm, I, I, I'm just saying that they're accepting the male value system. They're not thinking that maybe there are two value systems, that maybe because human beings are binary creatures with a male side and a female side, that there are men and women, that they have different values that are like a Venn diagram. They interlock their intention and they also are complementary. All of those things that make the world insanely beautiful, that are the main pleasure of most of our lives, 90% at least of our lives, 90% at least of people, take their greatest pleasure in finding that magic by which these two conflicting yet complementary yet intersecting value systems come together. The thing that has always made the Judeo-Christian values that underlie the West, and I know a lot of people say, well, it's not that, it's the Jewish faith and the Christian faith. That's true too, but I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about the actual Judeo-Christian values, the values of the Bible that were first given to the Jews and then spread to everybody through Jesus Christ, those values, the incredibly unique and beautiful and empowering thing about them is that they insist that God made men and women in his image and that those values that conflict and are complementary and intersect are both, both systems are urgent if you want to be holy, right? They talk about justice, which is, you know, when dad comes home and he gives you what you deserve— that's a male value. They talk about mother mercy. We talk about the mother of mercy, right? Because that is what you look for mom. After dad gets through with you, you can go to your mom and she will forgive you. They talk about the value of power. You have to have your mighty armies, you know. Uh, um, Saul slayed his thousand, but David slays his ten, tens of thousands. Th that's an important thing. But also they talk about the value of surrender. And this is an important thing. When they talk about God, God is always represented as male. He's the father, he's the son, he's the bridegroom. Because everybody, all humans, have to surrender to God, right? Men are called to surrender to God before they ask women to surrender to men. Because then they know, then they get it, then they're, they're part of the system, right? Have you, have you ever thought about this, the Garden of Eden? When Adam and Eve disobey God, they eat the tree of knowledge. And God gets ticked off. And he says to Eve, as part of his, like, you know, scolding her, he says, from now on, your desire shall be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Now, a lot of people try to explain this stuff away, and it means this, and it really means that. But in the next chapter, God says the same thing about sin. He's talking to Cain just before he murders Abel. And he says, sin will desire you, but you'll have to rule over it. In the same way he says to Eve, you will desire your husband, but you have to rule over it. What happens after they leave paradise is this complementary system in which women surrender without losing anything and men conquer without dominating and hurting anything, which is the system that exists in the love of God and the loving system of God suddenly becomes a power struggle, suddenly becomes, there's, becomes a problem. With love, with love, that problem disappears. 
Anybody who's in a happy marriage will tell you that. Anybody who's in a happy marriage, maybe in the first year, second year, maybe they have some power struggles. After that, they suddenly realize, oh, I can trust this person. I can surrender to this person. I can take this person. I can be a couple. I can become a couple, and nothing will be lost. They'll only be gained. That's what a happy marriage looks like. That's the kind of marriage I've been in for um, since the Civil War. This is why the left hates women. The left hates women because leftism is an inherently materialistic culture, and it has no place for that kind of spiritual idea, the idea of love. Some of the right like this too, the Ayn Wright, uh, right, the capitalism is everything right. Capitalism, great economic system, love it to death, but it's not the meaning or purpose of life, and it's not the way we live. It's just an economic system. Materialists want to believe that love is just some emanation of sex. We desire each other, so we experience it as love. It's just something that, you know, we really, we're really after the sex. That's the real thing. But over that, we overlay love, which is garbage. That's why they end up, materialists end up turning our lives into a sexual zoo, like, you know, pr- uh, promiscuous gay men at a bathhouse. Everybody's going to do their individual weird thing, and that's going to make you happy. And instead, everybody ends up very unhappy because it's not. It's not true. The value system of women is not centered in power. It's centered in love. And the value system of men, which is centered in power, is guided by love. And that's what marriage looks like. And that's what that relationship looks like. And that's what Judeo-Christian values look like. And that's why they hate it. And they hate women for being women. They don't hate women if they pretend to be men, but they hate women for, for standing up for that. Listen to the apology. It's okay to want to be a mother. Okay, screw you. It's everything to want to be a mother. None of us would be here. The world wouldn't be here. This is what life is about. It's about finding a man who is manly enough to find a woman womanly enough to start the world all over again. And they're apologizing for it because they hate it, because it is not materialism. It, truly, the right does this too if they're totally Ayn Rand, capitalist, right, materialist. If you want to bring both sides down on your head, Give love and softness and surrender the same respect you give to work and power and money, and they will be at your door before the sun goes down. And that's why they hate women. If you're running a business of one, you're wearing many hats in your day-to-day. Now, I wear many hats as just a fashion statement, but with collective, the bookkeeping and accounting hats don't need to be there. You can start saving thousands of dollars and hours of your time by letting Collective handle your business paperwork. Collective is the number one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, and self-employed entrepreneurs that lets you focus on your passion, not your paperwork. Collective handles all of the paperwork you dread, corporate formation, compliance, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, and even payroll. The best part, it's at a fraction of the cost of a CPA. Collective knows that if your business of one makes over $80,000 a year, you will find the most value from their services. Collective specializes in S-Corp, a tax election that saves its members an average of $10,000 per year. For a limited time, Collective is waiving the onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash Clavin and tell them Clavin sent you. That's $199 value for free when you go to collective.com slash Clavin and tell them Clavin sent you. That's collective.com slash Clavin and tell them Clavin sent you. If you're wondering how to spell Clavin, listen to this. There are no Chapter three, the N-word or why the left hates black people. 
Now, I'm sure at this point you're listening to my voice and you're thinking, wow, Walsh really is a wuss, and I'm trying to keep, keep going. I hope it's not too painful to listen to. Um, I have this one line in the movie. I, mean, I do a cameo in the movie. And it's in the trailer. At one point, one of the black players on the court gets pantsed, right? Somebody pulls his pants down, and I'm in the audience, and I say, that's the biggest so-and-so I ever saw uh, in a lady, okay? At the after party, this is just a, a, ta- a tangent, at the after party, this very sweet young woman uh, from Timcast uh, came up to me and interviewed me, and she asked me to repeat the line in, for, their, for their interview, and I couldn't do it because she was a lady. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to do it in a movie, it's art, you know, you get some leeway there, but I couldn't do it in front of a lady. So I said to her, you know, you don't look old enough for me to do it. She was so offended. I'm sure she just thinks I'm a total SOB. But if I told her the real reason that I couldn't curse in front of a lady, uh, she'd have been even angrier. Okay, so one of the critics who has reviewed the film simply by watching the trailer says this is very racist. Cut eight. So I just wanted to start on the racism because it's not really the focus, but um, yeah. That just one scene with um, them pulling down a black dude's trousers and talking about his, like, big d- Nothing, like, super dehumanizing about that as a punchline to your joke in your movie, which goes in generally with the dehumanization and sexualization of black men in general. And Brett Cooper and Michael Knowles wearing, uh, like, Native American outfits? Like, I don't really understand what the f*** going on there. Knowles <laughs> is very funny. This um, so, racism. You know, right? That was the thing that was supposed to get us all electric. The, the, reason, the reason they uh, called in, recalled the lefties dictionary when we put it out all those years ago was because I made a joke, N is for N-word. That was why they get, got scared. That was the third rail of a commentary. And the joke was, whenever, whenever someone says N-word, I always think N-word. What does that mean? Oh, my gosh. You know, I said it would be better if they just said the word out loud. And that was absolutely too shocking to go out with. And they, it, it just frightened everybody. Why? Why does that frighten everybody? Because, you know, obviously the left, which is the Democrat Party, has been a cancer on the lives of black people for 200 years. 250 years. It, it has destroyed black people, first with slavery, then with Jim Crow, then with uh, the great society. They've just been an absolute cancer. It's people, you know, even black people won't admit it to themselves. They keep voting for this. And now they've come up with this new idea that black Americans, the only way they can get their own back is by hating white Americans. Whites hated blacks. Now blacks can hate whites. It's going to be great. This is, by the way, almost all, all the time, not always, but overwhelmingly represented by white people. Here's Robin D'Angelo, who's made a fortune, a fortune off this incredibly wicked idea. I'll never forget a moment of standing beside a black man leading a workshop on race, and a white woman said to him, I don't see color. He said, well, then how are you going to see racism? Because I am black. I do think you know that, and I have a different experience than you do. And you're not going to be able to understand that, and you're not going to be able to support the parts of that experience that are really painful and problematic if you refuse to acknowledge my reality. I don't see color is really a way of saying, I refuse to acknowledge your reality. So does anybody ever ask this woman, is that actually true? You know, obviously, everybody sees color unless they're blind. That's ridiculous. They see color. And maybe you even have some assumptions about color. Jesse Jackson once said that he got more nervous on a dark street if he saw a black guy coming up behind him than if he saw a white guy because of the stats. That's not actually even racism. It's just stats. But my question is, so what? 
I see color. I'm, I may have tribal instincts like every human being. You know, we all have these things, but I just don't do them. I just don't do them. I wait, you know, I find out. If I can't find out, if I'm being followed down the street by a black guy and get nervous, I'll take off. I'll disappear. You know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody. I don't have to prove anything to anybody because I know who I am. But, but if you approach me, you know, in the light of day, and I'm, I'm going to let you prove yourself just like I expect you to let me prove myself to you. I meet a lot of pretty girls. I would happily sleep with each and every one of them if A, she would uh, consent, and B, I thought it was right. I think it's wrong because I think adultery is wrong. I think breaking your promises are wrong. I think hurting the person who is your partner in life is wrong. So I don't do it. This is another thing the left doesn't like to say, that there is a moral hierarchy and you can choose not to do it. What God said to Cain is true. Sin would like to own you, but you can tell it no. You can dominate it. So our moral failings, our lust, our bigotry, this is also the source of humor between friends. If I have an assumption about a black friend, I joke with him about it, right? That's what friends do. It's especially what guy friends do. Guys make fun of each other when they like each other. If you're a guy, let me ask you, if you're a guy and you have a brother, have you ever said a nice word to your brother? When you tell him you love him, don't you tell him you're, you're a pain in the neck and I hate your guts, but I love you, right? Isn't that what you say to your We joke with each other. We insult each other. That's how friends, how male friends behave. That's why they hate this stuff. They hate humor because it shows up the absurdity of what they're selling. They hate women because they're living by a standard that's not materialist. They're born, made to live by a standard that's not materialist and they're complete materialists. And they hate black, black people because black people are black people. Just like white people are white people. Maybe they have some traits that are genetic. I don't know. I have no way of proving that. Maybe, maybe they're going to have problems that other people don't have. I don't know. Maybe that's all racism. Maybe it's not. I have no way of knowing. Neither do they. But the thing is, we can get along. And the way I feel about this, and I'm, I mean it, you're a black American. You're my fellow American. I want to like you. I want to like you. I want to be on your side. If you're getting problems, if you're being mistreated, I, I'm on your side. I want to be. You know, I want to be. But I have my own problems. I'm, I don't care what your problems are, really, you know? I mean, if you've got to live with difficulties, so do I. We all have problems. Even privileged people have problems. Even, you know, I, I meet billionaires all the time. Some of them are like 300 pounds. You think they don't have problems? They have problems too, you know? All God's children got problems. That's the fact. And we joke with each other about our hostility, about our hidden, uh, you know, sins and brokenness. Because we, that, it's a statement of love. It's a statement of love. I've had friends of all different kinds of colors, and we always made fun of each other. I mean, you hear the way we talk about each other here at the Daily Wire. I mean, there's no animus, you know, that, that I'm aware of, uh, maybe against me, but not in the other direction. This is the way we talk. The left hates this stuff. They hate laughter. They hate women. They hate the jostling reality of living in this beautiful multi-ethnic country, which is trying something that hasn't been done since the fall of Rome. It does, you know, life is not a Christmas card. You know, we all have these problems. We all have things between us. But, but with laughter and with love, we actually get through these things. It's the way the world works, and they want to cancel all of it. They want to cancel all of it because materialism does not understand this. It's like you know, in the Bible, it says the light shone in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. And they say, well, the comprehended means it couldn't overcome it, but it also can't understand it. The left hates the power of the things they can't see but can't control. 
Everything has gotten more expensive these days and essential items are less and less affordable. Did you know that MD Hearing has cut their price in half despite all of this inflation craziness? MD Hearing is an FDA-registered rechargeable hearing aid that costs a fraction of what typical hearing aids cost. MD Hearing's new Neo model costs over 90% less than clinic hearing aids. And the Neo is MD Hearing's smallest hearing aid ever. It fits inside your ear. No one will even know it's there. MD Hearing provides clinic-level care via telemedicine from doctors and licensed hearing professionals. You get a clinic-level experience without ever having to leave your home. MD Hearing has sold over 1 million hearing aids, plus they offer a 45-day risk-free trial with a 100% money-back guarantee so you can buy with confidence. If you want MD Hearing's smallest hearing aid ever, go to mdhearing.com and use promo code CLAVEN to get their new offer of $297 when you buy a pair. Head to mdhearing.com and use my promo code CLAVEN to get their new offer of $297 when you buy a pair. If you want to know how to spell Clavin, put your horn in your ear and listen to this. Final chapter, love actually, or why the left hates everything. All right, it's, it's Advent now, right? It's December 1st. So we're going to start talking about Christmas and Christmas movies and the all-important true meaning of Christmas, which, of course, is Christmas cookies. And uh, I want to talk today about a Christmas movie, which you probably know, which is very controversial, probably the most controversial of all Christmas movies. So Love Actually, it came out in 2003. Uh, it's a, what do they call it? It's a series of love stories, an anthology of love stories, all set around Christmas. I believe I took my daughter to see it when it came out, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was nice. I'm not a sentimental guy. I hate romantic comedies, but I thought this one was well-written and funny and human, and I liked it. Um, and, uh, and the opening kind of set the stage, and this is the kind of thing that I'm immediately gets my back up because I don't like sentimentality. I was talking about that song, it's a, one, it's a Wonderful World, and I don't like that song because of sentimentality. But this one is, was different. Listen to the opening narrated by Hugh Grant. Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinion starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed. But I don't see that. Seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. So I, I heard that. I kind of got my back up. Isn't that sentimental? And I thought, no, it's actually true. It's actually the truth. We saw it just the other day when they started releasing some of the hostages, these devils, uh, Hamas, these monsters, started releasing some of these children they took. What? <laughs> you can't even imagine the evil. You can't even get your head into it. It doesn't, doesn't matter. But, you know, they're being welcomed home. And, and what, what makes it horrible, what makes Hamas horrible, what makes them monstrous, is the love that the people who wanted these children back feel for them. We saw them reunited. When you see these people, you see somebody put his arms around his daughter who was in danger. I can't even, I don't even want to think about it. But, but still, you see it. He may not be, he's a flawed person. We know he's a flawed person because we all are. But he loves her. The power of love is real. That power is something beyond each individual human being. And, and it's why, it's why I believe 
without, without animus. I'm, I'm not a, I, I don't feel like, oh, yeah, we've got to kill those Hamas people. I feel, oh, we have to kill those Hamas people. It's what we have to do. I don't relish it. I think you have to kill them, hopefully all at once, if necessary, one by one over the years. You've got to hunt them down and kill them. Uh, you know, the Anthony Blinken, who's apparently going over there and saying, well, you can't do this, is obviously acting at the behest of Barack Obama, uh, a Jew-hating, sinister, anti-American little man who I despise. And obviously, Anthony Blinken is his man in the White House, and we know that Joe Biden isn't doing anything. But you've got to hunt them down and kill them because we love each other. And we cannot have people coming around and just slaughtering children, mothers, pregnant women, butchering babies, killing fathers and son in front of their children, and then showing them the videotapes of how they kill them. Can't, can't happen. Can't be done. No excuses. No politic, politics. Doesn't matter whether you like Jews. Doesn't matter whether you, what you think of 1948. None of it matters. Take them out because of the love. Because of the love. Love's not a Christmas card either. Love happens in the real world. So I took my daughter to this movie. And I, like I said, I thought, yeah, good Christmas love movie. I, I liked it. I, I talked to the woman who was then my British agent, and she went on a tirade of hatred against this movie, just foul mouth. Just I can't even repeat what she said. And I thought, gee, I, you don't, you know, you don't have to like the movie. Why would you hate it that much? Then I, I started going to church. I was just about to convert. I was just about to become a Christian, and I started going to church. And one of the families did some outreach and invited my family to dinner. And the father, who was this very jovial, very very brilliant man, said to me, "Did you like Love Actually?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Good, because I judge people on whether they like this movie or not." He said, "You can actually tell whether a person is worthwhile or not." So I started to think about this. I thought, really? Because I just thought, all right, good movie, you know, so what? Now, the movie was made by Richard Curtis, who briefly revived the British film industry along with producer Duncan Kenworthy. I worked with Duncan on a project once. And they made Four Weddings and a Funeral and Notting Hill, Bridget Jones' Diary. And they brought back this kind of, you know, funny, normal sensibility. And the British hated them for it. The British left hated them for it. And... That's, that's leftism right there. They say, why are we watching about weddings when we're not watching about two gay Indian men in a laundromat? Why are we having happy endings instead of people dying because people die, you know? They wanted everything to be unhappy and unpleasant. They wanted everything to be about poverty. They wanted everything to be about socialism. And, you know, when I went back and looked at Love Actually again, I realized this is everything they hate. This is everything they hate. The women are women. The men are men. They're not... Superman, they're not Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're just regular men. They do manly things. They, they mess up. But love embraces everything. And love is shown as something other than and greater than sex. There are two characters in it who are stand-ins for people doing sex scenes. And every scene between them, she's pretending to give him oral sex or he's pretending to make love to her. And they're nude you know, in the, in the movie. And they're having a conversation because they're just the stand-ins. It's, it's really funny. And they fall in love with each other, not because of the bodies, because their bodies don't mean anything to them in that situation. They fall in love because they like each other. Uh, there's a guy who has, I think, a maid, a cleaning woman who doesn't even speak English, and they fall in love anyway. And this is what they hate about this movie. And they're always saying it's sexist, it's racist, it's this, it's that. All crap. All crap. They hate the love. They hate the love. It is a power that is not material, it is not material, it is felt in material ways, and they've done everything they can to estrange us from one another. And here's the reason. I started out by saying, why were we so afraid? 
And I think the reason we were so afraid to speak out against these morons, these wicked morons, was this. They made us angry. They told us that black people should be hired over white people whether they were qualified or not. And we got angry, and we got angry at black people. They told us gay marriage was the same as heterosexual marriage. We know that's not true, and we got angry at gay people. We got angry, and we started to hate. We, you know, we know this. We know this happened on the right, that, that there was bigotry, there was hatred. Instead of saying, <laughs> look, the center of the world is a man and a woman. The center of human life is a man and a pregnant woman. That is the center of human existence. That is what human existence is all about. That is what all of humanity serves. That's what all of nature serves. A man with a pregnant wife is the beginning of the world, the rebirth of the world every single time. That's what it does. If you are, if you're, you let them get you angry, if you let them fill you with hatred, you're afraid to speak because you're afraid that the tongue reveals the heart and you're afraid your bigotry, your hatred will come out. When you put that stuff aside, when you put that stuff aside, when you begin to realize that we are not enemies but friends, when you begin to realize that other people's sins are none of your business because you have your own and it's a lifetime's work to get around them, you let it go. You let go of the anger. You let go of the hatred. You can love people even when you disagree with them. You can love people even when you think they're sinful. You can love people in all kinds of situations and then you can say anything you want as long as it's, as it's true. Then you have no fear. You know, that's in the Bible. Uh, love, let me see if I've got the quote here. Yeah, I think I do. Love, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. Uh, yeah, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Let us on the right, let us on the right cease to be afraid. Let us on the right start to realize we don't have to condemn anybody in order to to pick the world as it is, to laugh at the world as it is, and to show the world and speak about the world as it is. God is love. If we act in love and we can laugh at each other again, and once we do that, believe me, the culture will come to us. Even if we just make a start at it, even in this moment of darkness, and it is a moment of darkness, but even in this moment of darkness, the day will already be ours. All right, gather around, my friends. I've got a holiday gift idea that's sure to make you the hero of the season. We all know the holidays can be a bit hectic. The shopping, the cooking, the, the eating, for me, the never-ending list of things to do. But fear not, because I've discovered a gift that's not just thoughtful, it's downright transformative, the gift of GenuCell skincare. From now until Christmas, GenuCell's most popular package has a special discount just for my listeners at GenuCell.com slash Clavin. Treat yourself and your loved ones to the absolute best skincare in the world. Those troubling forehead wrinkles, fine lines, skin redness, and yes, even a sagging jawline will disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's most popular collection. GenuCell promises immediate effects. You'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. My producer, Lisa, loves GenuCell, and we love Lisa. She is probably one of every single product they have. She's always raving about the under-eye cream and how there is nothing like it on the market. You deserve to look and feel your best this holiday season. Go to GenuCell.com slash Clavin to get this incredible holiday discount. Every order today is instantly upgraded to free express shipping. GenuCell.com slash Clavin. I know you're what you're wondering, so here's how to spell Clavin. There are no All right, you'd never know it from listening to this show, but The Daily Wire's first ever full-length comedy, Lady Ballers, premieres tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern exclusively 
on Daily Wire Plus. The most triggering comedy of the decade deserves our best deal of the year, so for a very limited time, we brought it back. Get 50% off new Daily Wire Plus annual memberships. The only way to watch Lady Ballers is with a Daily Wire Plus membership. And of course, you're getting access to everything Daily Wire has to offer. I'm being told I can't give any spoilers, but what I can tell you is you won't believe some of our friends who show up in this movie. If you have not seen the hilarious trailer for Lady Ballers, here it is. In a world where women's sports is being transformed, the Daily Wire calls foul with the most triggering comedy of the year. Guys, this is serious. Sports can be your pathway to a better life. Well, like yours? <laughs> Please don't steal my catalytic converter again. Winning matters. It's the key ingredient in becoming a winner. Maybe you should try it sometime. Are you gonna move? I am not. <laughs> Let's cut to the chase. I know you're not a woman. Hey, you don't know how you. he identifies. If you can beat them. What do you know about the US Opens for the Global Games? You want us to compete as women. $5,000 prizes. My lover says you were a great coach back in the day. Join them. This is the way the world is now. My eight-year-old daughter told me all about it. So a guy can become a girl with no physical changes at all. Oh, that's called gender fluid. So I can be a woman on the court and a man in the bedroom. I can't believe it. Nice. You mean when you're sleeping? Yes. Coach? Alex. We, we could play, play basketball. basketball. We have to get the whole team back together. It's time. We're in. I'm in. I'm in to play Lady Baldur's. Man up. Like a girl. That's why right. I'm with her. Believe in my truth. This is my truth. From heroes. Day one of being a girl athlete. <laughs> I love being a girl. To sheroes. We could dominate every woman's sport. Running. Swimming, soccer. I said sport, Felix. It's ladies basketball, boys. Nobody watches. Excuse me. Are these seats open? <laughs> ne never mind. Getting dunks. <laughs> and tucking trunks. No, she didn't. That's the biggest I've ever seen on a lady. I don't care. Lady Ballers. One can even be trans age now, which provides Sheelix with a wonderful opportunity to relive all the experiences that she missed out on in school. <laughs> Streaming exclusively on Daily Wire Plus, December 1st. If you miss classic comedies like Dodgeball, Blades of Glory, Tropic Thunder, get ready because Lady Ballers is the return of the comedies we love. We're celebrating the release of The Daily Wire's first ever full-length comedy, bringing back 50% off Daily Wire Plus annual memberships right now. But when this deal is gone, it's gone for good. Don't be left on the bench. Get your Daily Wire Plus membership now for 50% off at dailywire.com slash subscribe and join us for the premiere of Lady Ballers tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on Daily Wire Plus. All right, Clavin laryngitis clapbacks. Woo! That's the biggest <laughs> I've ever seen on the lady. <laughs>
<laughs> you know, Lindsay, who does the woohoo, was actually there, that beautiful girl. I love her to death. Um, and um, and her, she and her husband, uh, who is Will Boring, who is Jeremy's brother, wrote the songs for the uh, movie, which are really good. I mean, he really wrote good songs for the movie. Um, and, uh, and Lindsay uh, helped out. I think she wrote them with him, some of them anyway. Um, all right. From, so now you've seen my entire acting career from beginning to end. I'm you know, now moving on to my retrospective on Turner Classic Movies and talking about my acting career. Uh, from Phil Bridges, in your member block this week, you referenced the term fuzzy-wuzzy and then said there was a poem about it and then read part of the Kipling poem. Uh, that would have been the perfect opportunity to recite fuzzy-wuzzy was a bear, fuzzy-wuzzy had no hair. So why didn't I do that? It's because Fuzzy Wuzzy wasn't fuzzy, was he? That's, that's why. All right. Very important question. All right. From Matt, Matt Steinschneider. Uh, Dear Andrew, I've been mulling over your take on anti-Semitism. It seems to me the Jewish belief that they are God's chosen people is actually the least unique thing about the Jews. Isn't it just human nature to think that you and people like you are more important than everyone else? That's not what I said. It's not that they think it. It's that it's true. And you don't even have to believe in God to see that it's true. Whose Bible shaped the West. The, the God of the Jews is the God of the West. The God of the Jews is the God of every person who's free. You, you know, it's not, any, any real theologian will tell you, there's not a different God in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Same God, same God. The God who is incarnate in the New Testament is the God who is in the Old Testament. And the same people wrote the Bible. I mean, they didn't write one book of the Bible. They didn't write the Old Testament. They wrote the Old and the New Testament. And so they don't think that they're the people of God. They are the people of God, and that's why people hate them. Andrew Bowen, Bowen my two-part question, master of the multiverse, my two-part question is about classic literature and great literature. Over the past year, my goal has been to read the Western canon. Would you ever release a list of those books that you would recommend every educated man ought to have read? Um, you know what? I haven't done that before because I just don't have time, but I'm starting a new project that I won't tell you about until January because you, if you don't buy my book, uh, The House of Love and Death, uh, I'm not giving you anything. For Christmas, I'm just putting coal in your stocking. Yes, that's me who's been coming down your chimney by the house of love and death. But in the new year, I'll be starting a new project that will include some of my recommendations of things that should be read. The second part of this question, I've always viewed you in the vein of C.S. Lewis or G.K. Chester, and it's very flattering, uh, where you show your beliefs through the medium of fiction. Do you think that any of your work will go down in history as the, one of the great works of the Western canon? If so, which one and why? And if not, why do you write? Uh, I believe that some of my work will outlive me. That's what I believe. And I'm not going to tell you which one. Oh, and he adds, by the way, I pre-ordered. No, it's not one. I believe that there are th those of my books that will survive me. And, um, and I think that that's an accomplishment, and I'm proud of it, and that's why I started doing it. I'm, I'm much more interested in that than even than my sales, though I do prefer to sell books. Um, he says, P.S., I pre-ordered two copies of The House of Love and Death, uh, the Spare is a Christmas gift from my best friend. Sorry for the surprise if you're listening, Dan, and I can't, I can't wait to read it this December. All of you should be buying this book. Uh, do I have time for one more? One quick one. Angie Dorch, uh, I don't have an incredibly clever salutation, but I do want to say thanks. Your book's weekly Daily Wire show and interviews have given me so much laughter and joy. This past year, The House of Love and Death is sitting patiently on my nightstand, waiting for me to complete my current book. 
uh, your reminder that silence is a spiritual discipline came at the perfect time for me, and I, too, will be practicing it intentionally during this season. Okay, i got to go on to Member Block. Become a member today. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code Claven at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Get the plan that will let you see Lady Baller. You'll see what I mean. Lady Ballers, you'll see what I mean about it's changing the game. And like I said, you'll see that no matter what your opinion of the movie is, it's important, it is important that we not be afraid to say what we have to say and that we not be dominated by the killers of babies and the people who sell all kinds of other garbage. If you're not a member, also you're about to be plunged. Like it's like a button with a trap door. You'd be plunged into clavenlessness. So long, the rest of you, on to member block.